At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. This is WOMMLP operating out of Burlington, Vermont, 105.9 The Radiator. Good evening, it's The Rocket Shop. I'm your host, Tom Proctor, and with me tonight is Spatula. Hello. Hey. How is everyone today? Pretty good. Excellent. Um, good to be here. Yeah, I'm glad you guys came into the studio. Um, excited to talk to you, but we do like to kick it off with a song. So what have you got for us first? This one's called Silk Road. All right.
personal checks up to a certain limit The euro, the pound, the peso, the franc Rupees and rubles and transfers from the bank I like the shekels, the balloons, silver and gold Socks and bonds and treasury notes Mr. Washington, Lincoln, Hamilton and Jackson You just says Grant, Mr. Benjamin Franklin On the Silk Road I wanna find my pot of gold I'll find it on the Silk Road Spatula there with Silk Road. That is, uh, I think, the loudest music I've heard in a long time. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> I think you're the first full band we've had in here since COVID, so oh, wow. it's it's not something I, you know I've been used to. It's uh, really quiet, <laughs> right? Are the are the interns not allowed to make? No, not any at all. Noise? No, okay. not not allowed. That's awesome. The, They're the, so part of the contract. Well yeah. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, we'd like to go around and introduce yourselves. Awesome. I'm Seth. I'm Ian. I'm Matt. Go speak up, Matt. You're... I'm Matt. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <laughs> I'm JJ. Uh, well, Spatula. lovely to have you in the studio. Um, so tell us a little bit about your history. How, wh- where are you guys from? When did you form? Yeah, I um, I was thinking about this today. Actually, I if I had to, if I was pressed, I think our history goes back um, before I was born. My wife, probably don't need to go back that that far, but um, Ian on my left here actually met before uh, we were born. Our mother's friends while we were in the womb. So wow, um, kind of goes back that far. Uh, but in in all uh, um, honesty, we sort of started in this form in 2018. We had played a couple of gigs without JJ um, 2017, and it wasn't working. So we went out searching for him. And luckily, we found him just a few cubicles away from from Ian <laughs> at All Scripts. Uh, so, um. cool. And so, when your first album was Pale Blue Dot, was that pre or post JJ? Yeah, that was unfortunately pre JJ. And you can hear it if you listen. There are uh, some organs on that single, but uh, they're miserable. <laughs> uh, so, so did you did you have an idea that you really needed? organs or that was missing and that was kind of the key element of the band or, or was it kind of more of a general sense that there was there was a puzzle piece that wasn't there yeah um uh definitely uh a bit of a, a puzzle piece missing we um spent a brief amount of time playing with a second guitarist um which i think 
would have worked out great, um, except I have this huge ego <laughs> playing rock music. You know, I, I need to be the only one playing guitar. Um, and actually, that's a big part of the reason I started this band. I was playing keyboard um, in another group that is now thankfully defunct. Um, uh, we used to practice in Lake Placid, and it was this insanely long drive. Um, but yeah, I mean, even recording Pale Blue Dot, we were looking just for a lot more texture in our music, um, a lot of different sounds. I just I love the sound of a rock band, but that's almost like not um, quite enough for some of the stories I wanted to tell with the music. So, Would you describe yourselves as jam rock? Um, I always yeah, have I mean, difficulty kind of answering term. that question when people ask me. It's, it's, it's funny like that. <laughs> what do you say, Jake? <laughs> I feel like it's different every time. <laughs> like a... Uh, hodgepodge of psychedelic, <laughs> jazzy funk. You know, like just all the isn't stuff you it, see on like yeah. <laughs> isn't the, uh, a hodgepodge of psychedelic, jazzy punk just a jam band though? I mean, it's not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's, uh, That's probably what I should say for now. <laughs> my my sole defense is we attempt. We don't always succeed, but we attempt not to subject our audience to too many you know twenty minute guitar solos. <laughs> right, big as my ego is. I don't Not think too I many. <laughs> Three or four per night <laughs> yeah, only. Exactly. Um. Cool. So. So after Pale Blue Dot, um, obviously you felt there was something missing. Um, and you've come out the second album, uh, this past summer, or did it come out a little bit later than that? Um. Officially, the release is today. It's today. Today. Oh, yeah. congratulations. Yeah. So, um, we took a lot of time off in 2019 to to record this. We didn't play nearly as many gigs as we, as we had in the previous year. Um, built a whole recording studio sort of thing in, in, in my basement uh, where we practice and um, uh, finally took it to Tank Recording at the end of 2019 for Final Mix and Master. Um, and loved the quality that came out and we were starting to plan this you know big release party in the spring. Um, but then the spring turned out to not be such a good time for release parties. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, of course. <laughs> but tell me a little it. bit more about the, the, the whole home studio that you decided to build in the basement. So yeah. what what was the, what the impetus for that? Was it that you just, you know, recording a studio costs a lot of money? Or or was it? do you have like a big passion for, for recording and mixing yourself? Yeah, both. Uh, a big part of it was time. So um, a lot of the things that we did on this record, I don't think we could have really done on the studio kind of burning money budget. So there's like a, a lot of cool exploratory sounds we were working with, with JJ adding cool synthesizer parts. I don't think we would have gotten around to it if, you know, we were... Um, you know, paying a full studio rate for the whole thing, we could do these late night sort of exploratory sessions. And I've always, I've always really liked that part of making music is just not really knowing <laughs> where you're going to arrive at the other, at the end of the day. So it's yeah, part of the improvisational nature, I think of playing lives, like trying to improvise a little bit in the studio too. Yeah, of course. And uh, other than, you know, being able to, to have room to breathe, have that kind of space yeah. to go in different directions and see where where, where it goes. Uh, what else did you change based on your experience recording your first album? Was there anything that you that you kind of took away and like this is what I'm going to try and tweak? And is there anything that you kept from that first recording while going into the studio for a second album? Yeah. Um that's a really good question. Um I think one of the things I took away from our first 
Um, our first recording session in a studio, it's funny thinking back to this, we recorded like five songs in like one day and we weren't really that happy with any of them at the end of the day. So we end up going back into the studio weeks later to just record um, a single, which became uh, Pale Blue Dot. And um, I guess my big takeaway um, and what I would you know recommend to any aspiring <laughs> recording artist is do a lot of pre-production. Um, really, um, you know, it's one thing to know the song, know the arrangement, know the chords and stuff, but really to know what you're going to play in every single bar and um, every single sound that you eventually want in the recording. That's a that's a huge step that I think I neglected in the first iteration of our of our recording life. And you know, when we started to record Spatula, self titled album. Um, we actually did a ton of like what I would call pre-production. We tried out like 15 different songs, only ended up with six at the end of the day. And uh, it really leaned into like, what is the specific um, part that's going to be played? And like, you know, even just this 10 seconds of, you know, what's the drum fill going to be here? And can it be the same every time? What's the guitar solo going to be? And can it, you know, really find its place in the mix? So. Um, that's something, you know, you think you play with the band, you can just show up in the studio and play, but if you haven't really done your homework, um, then you can waste a lot of time. Yeah. It's interesting because you, you mentioned that you were kind of really happy about the space you had in order to be able to improvise, but then it sounds like you, there's, there's improvisation, but then you're still coming to the studio with a very exact idea of what's going where. So how do those two ideas both mesh? Yeah. Um, I, and I don't, I think that's kind of the conundrum of our band, right? It's, and, uh, it's sort of like, um, I, there might be a, a very jammy sound to a lot of the things we play, but, um, a lot of it is actually pretty heavily curated and orchestrated and arranged. And, um, you leave this very small space open for where you can sort of make stuff up. And then that's where the magic happens. If you make up the whole thing, you get this kind of nonsense, <laughs> that's right? Um, not super, um, and I, I think we've all heard nonsense out there live. And a lot of the good improvisation is actually just is having in a really narrow band. Of, um, I think that's one of the things I uh, went to like a meet and greet with uh, Bela Fleck, who's one of my my big uh, influences. And he said like sometimes the most complicated music you can't improvise over it at all because there's no, um, you know. There's none of that like critical band with what you can play around with. And he actually likes playing a lot simpler stuff because there's a much bigger threshold for where you can play around with it. So I think that sort of answers the question. It's yeah. Like, oh, no, for sure. Um, well, I would love to hear another song. Um, uh, one off the new album. Yeah. Uh, so what have you got for us? This one is called Brass Tacks. Got the bees knees on my long legs Had to do it all the hard way Cause I'm an average Joe on a Monday When they ask me why I don't know what to say I put my nose to the grindstone and I try and get paid I 
walk off a short pier I heard the swan song in my deaf ear Wild eyes that I looked through To see a million things that I could do So I'll get yours And you'll get mine As long as we get there before I run out of time tax by the by spatula there um so with the new album or generally with the songs do you do you find yourself uh looking at a common theme or is it kind of like a, a thread of ideas that you kind of building on or is it more of a mishmash of ideas and events and just thoughts that go over your head yeah i was worried about this question um <laughs> no uh yeah I th- well so i think for me um i you know i do most of the lyric writing and stuffs. Um, this this particular collection of songs ended up being a bit of my like 
uh, you know, inward journey through my like adolescent psychology, I think. <laughs> um, yeah, it kind of goes through um, some stages of like spiritual disillusionment um, until the last and final song, which I think we're going to play at the end, um, which is sort of this moment of, of spiritual awakening for me, which was uh, um, actually the, the death of a close friend. So um, it, what a, the album became is definitely uh, kind of a, yeah, very meaningful, like personal journey. The first song is like called Holy Roller. It's sort of this tongue in cheek um, play on this like Christ narrative and sort of a, a you know, irreverent way of looking back at being like raised as a fundamentalist Christian. And then mm. Silk Road, which we played at the beginning, is like uh, this kind of uh, disillusionment of you know, black market capitalism or <laughs> something like that. Uh, just a total, uh, uh, you know, hedonistic, get rich quick kind of, uh, kind of vibe. And then Brass Tacks, I'm skipping over one of the songs, um, but Brass Tacks, which we just played, is kind of this um, dealing with this kind of like workaday kind of life that everyone lives and how to find a space in that to express yourself. And is that enough, you know, to survive the mundane modernity? <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, definitely a lot of like personal interweaving stories for me. I don't know if uh, people, when people listen to it, they'll be able to take any of that away because it is personal and, and cryptic, but um, there you have it. It's, so, was this a, a personal journey for you that you find yourself on in the last couple of years that you decided to, to build an album around or was this more of a concept? Uh, no, yeah, it's definitely, I think, uh, retroactive um, or, or retrospective. So, um, when we started talking about doing this album, uh, again, we started with like 15 different songs that we'd been playing, you know, could these all go on it? And we recorded all of those to some kind of rudimentary level. And, and we took a step back and said, you know, what are the real core songs that we want to go on here? And I think uh, one of the reasons I curated this selection um, was because they were all, of, you know, these sort of reflections on, uh, yeah, this, this like early kind of, you know, journey into the self that I was looking at. Um, probably the next albums will be about the much cooler stuff <laughs> that I've gotten into since uh, <laughs> since adolescence. You know? I, know, I think a spiritual awakening is pretty cool, if I'm honest with you. Um, so, uh, in terms of in terms of writing, especially in this last six months, year, uh, well, since COVID, how's that how's that been for you in terms of as a creative, and and that kind of goes for the rest of the band as well. Have you found this space to be more uh useful in terms of your own creative output um and your own development or have you found it suffocating because you've got no to bounce things off people and you don't have that kind of ability to do anything in front of an audience so yeah just open the floor for this one yeah i guess um yeah in the beginning it was really tough because uh, you know back then everything was just up in the air like oh, what's happening the shelves are empty like, you know <laughs> so you know we kind of took a, a hiatus from just playing together for a while uh but we did try to in the beginning we we really kept up with um like virtual practice yeah. and and that was great because yeah i think without that i i would have lost my mind or at least lost it a lot quicker <laughs> um and so yeah that was a great way to kind of flex those muscles but yeah i think just outside of that you know just when you don't have as much of a chance to 
get out and just like stimulate your senses, I guess. I, I feel like that's sort of made my own creativity shrivel a bit. Mm. <laughs> but um, I, I'm I, not the only person I've heard who said that too. I've like heard other folks kind of intimate the same thing. But um, yeah. but that since then we got back together and we've been. It's sort of it's a bummer that like we missed a whole summer and couldn't really <laughs> play gigs that like that was that was pretty brutal but in lieu of that i we learned a lot of new material which i also find pretty gratifying and like you you just have like so much stuff to that you know keeps coming out and it's all it's all great and love learning it so yeah we did try and write exercise. a song in uh you know total isolation from each other it's uh we put it up on on youtube it's called uh, isolated together <laughs> and it's a song about yeah like you know trying to, to quote uh cope with the uh, lack of real socialization um but we actually recorded it by sending each other mp3s and then uh you know playing along and then mixing it together so um we found f- this is kind of funny but we actually didn't really know how to play the song together <laughs> when we came <laughs> came back and we're oh, like, maybe we'll play this live one day. Um, and so that was an interesting thing to learn that you don't actually like without actually being in the same room with the other members, like actually learning the song so you could perform it uh, doesn't happen as well mm-hmm. um, versus just passing around a track and like taking your one take and layering it on top and saying, okay, now I can, it's like almost like a multiple choice test. You like just fill in the, bubbles and then you don't have to worry about it anymore mm. <laughs> not not worry about that subject until the right. next time i get tested on it so they're kind of playing off each other and that immediate feedback and that yeah that delayed or at least the delayed feedback means you need maybe a different headspace or in a different kind of uh yeah place for yourself to 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 make music based on that and in i can see it falling apart pretty quickly yeah something about just how memory works too i feel like that when you record things, you don't feel like you need to store them in your head anymore. Mm. So that like when we play together, we're not really recording <laughs> anything. The only place that it survives is in our minds. Right. So I don't know if that's related. And Ian, how about you? Did, how, how's this experience been for you as a, as a musician? And have you, have you, have you found it beneficial or has it been, it's been difficult or maybe probably most likely a bit of both. <laughs> Uh, I definitely say it's been difficult. Uh, you know, I got into bass because I like to play with my friends. You know, everyone was a guitar player, but they needed bass players. So, uh, so you know, <laughs> being with my friends is kind of a core part of playing bass for me. And uh, you know, when we stopped even going to to practice, you know, that's been our that's always been our weekly thing. Every Tuesday we have practice. You know, that's it's it's our outlet. You know, you can mm-hmm. see how you're doing for the week. You know, if Seth's got a crazy solo, he's really got something on his mind this week. You know, you can just tell from our weekly, <laughs> our weekly band practice. And uh, we took a hiatus for what, almost two months or more there. And uh, it's just weird not to have that. You know, in our life, it's been such an integral part for years. Yeah. Um, and what's your plan going back into into winter? Is are you, are you guys all part of the same pod now? Are you you is, <laughs> the the practice is back on. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, ever, ever, ever since our wives and girlfriends have been comfortable with it, we've been uh, practicing again together. Oh, we all work from home, <laughs> so that it's definitely like a, a privilege that you know makes makes that more more possible. And uh, I'm sure, people in other situations. Um, and we also have a uh, a band retreat planned later uh, this year. We're gonna rent a we already have we rented this cabin in the woods and we're gonna just 
load in the instruments and see what happens over a long weekend. So looking that's, forward to that. That's awesome. Are you planning to bring it like recording equipment up for that? And yeah, I think like so. a semi live album. I think what uh, part of my vision is to kind of demo the second album um, with everything delayed. I mean, we've got tons like, like 30, 40 songs of material that, you know, we just need to get around to getting out in the world. So um, now that the first album is released, we're like immediately going to work on the, on the second. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And um, finally, so the, the new album is out today, self-titled Spatula by Spatula. Um, <laughs> it's, it's because we're in the situation we're in. How are you promoting this aside from coming on Big Heavy? Um, we are also uh, playing our, our first truly live public event uh, since February this weekend. Um, it's an outdoor event, so there are not many of those left this year. Um, it's at the Double E, the Essex Experience. Um, and it's part of an event called Out and About in Essex. I think um, so they're having like 16 different performances throughout the weekend we are one of them we're playing at the double E Saturday 5 p.m. for for a couple of hours so really excited about that um, and other than that that's that's our big promotion plan <laughs> so far hey that's uh, certainly more than a lot of people that have come in here uh, promoting new albums have uh, been able to boast um, and if people want to, to listen to the new album or just find out more about you, where, where would they go? Yeah, you can check us out on Facebook, Instagram, uh, spatula.com. Um, and uh, uh, the new album's on Bandcamp now, um, but it'll be on all the major streaming services in the weeks to come. And it's really easy to spell, S-P-U-T-O-O-L-A. And you know, it's pretty much the only thing you'll find on the internet with that combina combination of letters. So. There we go. Oh, okay. Hence why you got spatula.com. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, well, it's been absolutely fantastic having you guys in. We would yeah, so to be here. love to hear one last song before you guys awesome. uh, before you guys leave. Cool. Yeah, this is uh, uh, Smoke and Steam. I think uh, I'd like to dedicate this one, um, even though I, I wrote it about a personal loss that I have, um, we have a saxophone player we play with uh, named Dan Matlack, and he's going through a family tragedy, and so he couldn't be here today. So I'd just like to dedicate this to Dan, and then we're thinking about your man. Fatigued, I lay my body down. Then when I 
Fresh air, fresh air, a little smoke and steam might clear things out.
shadows, shadows To see our naked truth in the light of day We must have waited far too long, too long Cause on that misty morn we laid his body Thanks for having us, Tom. Oh, no worries. That was Smoke and Steam by Spatula. Thank you guys so much for coming to the studio this evening. Thank you, Tom. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, next week, come back and listen. We've got Patrick J. Crowley in the studio. That'll be on The Rocket Shop at 8 o'clock. This has been 105.9 The Radiator. It's been The Rocket Shop. I've been your host, Tom Proctor, and good night.